Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Nick Augustine, and I'm your guest on this uh, Christmas Eve episode of Law Talk Radio, produced by Nick Augustine PR. Our 30-minute guest call-in show covers local and national legal news and events, as well as legal experts and current trends in law practice management. We cover important news and issues that affect various practice areas, so get in touch and let's tell your story. Partial support for Law Talk Radio comes from sponsor advertisers, who cover our production fees. We do encourage our friends and colleagues to help sponsor the production of our Law Talk Radio shows. Send me an email for more information on sponsor plans and benefits directly at nick at nickaugustinepr.com. Also, don't forget to share all the on-demand links to our episodes on your social media pages when you see something you would like to share. All of our episodes and several other programs are available on our main website, nickaugustinepr.com, under the Listen Now link from the middle of any of the pages uh, and from the home page as well. You can uh, also visit, like, and share our Law Talk Radio episodes on our Facebook and Twitter pages, where, again, you can find links to shows dating back to 2009. Today's program is Divorce, Social Media, and the Holidays with Attorney James Esch here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. The holidays, of course, as we all know, can be very stressful, and uh, there's always some level of positive and negative stress involved. And we also see some of those folks during the holidays who just like to push our buttons. So if a normal holiday season isn't enough to make you freak out, try adding layers of complex divorce and family law issues. So today we'll cover some safety tips on how you can be proactive and guard against social media pitfalls during the divorce season. Uh, or, sorry, during the holiday season, uh, rather, We'll flip there if you are going through divorce or family law issues. So what we'll talk about are some general do's and don'ts when it comes to what you should and should not say on social media. Some thoughts also for other people considering or maybe planning to file for divorce after the holidays. Might be the time to uh, keep it quiet on social media uh, during the holidays. Also, we'll talk about avoiding that passive-aggressive behavior that so many people seem to like to engage in uh, and why that's important. Then after a short break, we'll talk a little bit about why, when, what you should say on social media at all, keeping it brief. Uh, but then, you know, if you do say something, it might be coming back to haunt you even after you hit delete if it's something that you said in uh, anger. So we'll also talk about hacking and deleting and when that can cause problems down the road and in court. Uh, and then to just remember that all the people in your life who know that you're going through a tough time right now are particularly watching you uh, during divorce and family law issues. It's just the way... It is. So a little bit about our guest today, Attorney James Esch, practices primarily in family law, mediation, and parenting, facilitation, and coordination. Additionally, Mr. Esch is a certified mediator and mediates a wide range of cases with particular emphasis in family law. He is also a certified parenting facilitator coordinator, assisting families in high-conflict resolutions, reach a stable co-parenting environment where the children can thrive. After graduating high school, Mr. Esch worked in the United States Marine Corps. Mr. Esch received numerous awards for innovative thinking and hard work, and upon leaving active duty, Mr. Esch moved into the northwest Arkansas area to work on his education, and he received his undergraduate degree and his law degree from the University of Arkansas. He was admitted to the Texas State Bar in 2007, authorizing him to practice law here in the state of Texas. Uh, Esch Law Firm is located in Dallas, telephone number 214 
814-814-5374, and they're on the web at eshlawfirm.com. By way of a generalist disclaimer, this is a general information uh, entertainment program, and the advice does not uh, constitute legal advice. Of course, communication with our attorneys on our show does not give rise to attorney-client relationships. And if you have any specific questions, you should contact an attorney in your area, and all broadcast rights to this program are reserved. So enough from me. Let's hear from our guest, Attorney James Ash. James, how are you doing today? Doing well, Nick. Thanks for having me on. Um, and I'm excited to talk about this subject. I was, uh, in addition, and thanks for the great introduction, in addition to uh, just my law degree, my, actual, my undergraduate work is in information systems, so computers and stuff like that seems to be a common thing throughout my life ever since I left, uh, uh, ever since I got graduated high school. Well, I think that you are very much so the uh, appropriate guest to lead us through some of these considerations. A lot in the world has changed since uh, years ago when I worked in family law uh, directly uh, for you know, the job. and. Uh, you know, so I'm not. I have not heard uh, all of the different considerations uh, over the years. So I'm interested to hear you know, because so much of this was in its infancy before. So let's just start with some general do's and don'ts that you uh, tell, talk to clients about um, anytime we're going through family law issues regarding social media. Well, you know, I'll I'll focus a lot today on Facebook, but it really applies to basically any of your conduct on on social networks such as Facebook, Twitter. And yes, MySpace is still out there, along with news sites and everything else that Venga uh, and some of the uh, you know teenagers who now actually kind of think Facebook is just for uh, for parents. But nonetheless, a lot of what I'll say basically applies to all those. Email's a little bit different, but it still has some of the general principles. But you know, the Facebook and social media really nowadays is kind of like the um, you know you know centuries ago you know a century two ago, whenever you had the public square and people you know put notices on the courthouse steps or whatever, and that's where everything came out. Um, and, you know, people would basically tell what's going on. Well, Facebook in a lot of ways and uh, these social medias are, have the same uh, the same connotation, but a lot of times people think they're quote-unquote private. And I'll talk probably a little bit more about that later. But so, I mean, kind of common sense stuff, you know. I would probably say the do's or the things you uh, – one thing to very definitely consider is if you wouldn't say it to your mother – uh, I wouldn't say it online, and uh, you know my mom's actually a friend of mine on Facebook, and uh, you know I, you know I'm very well and very mindful of whenever I post something that if it wouldn't be appropriate for me and my mother to uh, talk, I probably wouldn't put it on. So that's definitely one of those things is if it just if you want to tell your closest uh, or if you want to tell the world about what you're about to say, I wouldn't put it online, uh, and, or if you want to tell your employer or your boss and those things. So that's one of those things of don'ts, I guess don't. Don't put that very high, you know, that information that's not really uh, that you want to want to share with the world. That's there, even when you think it's just being shared among your quote unquote friends, and uh, that is in of itself, you know, kind of a misnomer. Quite frankly, on Facebook, that they're friends because unless you go see them every single day, I doubt they're friends. But and you know, since it is such a public environment and everything else, you also shouldn't be putting in a lot of personal information. You know, you want to put your bank account information out there or anything like that. But, you know, people also check in, do these check-ins and go through and notify people of where they're at. You know, uh, that's something else that you should avoid or at least uh, tamper down. Because you're telling people you're not where, you're not at home, you're, you're not someplace else. And so keeping, um, you know, check-ins, you know, some people definitely like to check in. I've, you know, I myself sometimes check in. But, you know, one thing I am aware of is I don't check in every single time I'm, I go out. 
I also go through and take in the flip side of consideration is that I generally, when I check in, I'm generally checking in as I'm leaving. Uh, and uh, if I do check in, so that, you know, it's more of, hey, here's where that kind of just let my friends know, but at the same time, not necessarily where I'm at at this point. So those, I guess, would probably be two big categories of things. You know, definitely go through and be mindful of what you're posting out there. I wouldn't put personal information uh, to the degree of uh, where people can identify specifics, um, you know, your age, your children's age. Uh, birthday sometimes uh, can be important uh, and that information. And then also, you know, if you're not going to want to say it to your mother or say it to your employer, I would keep it away from keep it away from online. Mhm. Mhm. What you know, I, I like the point that you bring up about locations and not posting where you are until you've left. Um, I know someone who told me that because they knew that they were getting served by their uh, soon-to-be ex, and they didn't want a process <laughs> server to find them, which is kind of a funny thing. But um, maybe we're not so funny for the other side, but. You know, at the same token, what about someone who has a, you know, domestic violence situation and has blocked someone from Facebook thinking that, well, I blocked so-and-so, but, you know, their sister may be able to see all of this. And so people have their little Facebook spies. Um, has that come up uh, in your practice uh, with folks? I haven't seen it, you know, personally from um, – uh, I haven't had that direct issue. But, you know, domestic violence issues are definitely a big concern. and I think in any any jurisdiction, and it's no different than here. And you bring up a good point in in of that in of itself, you know, Nick. Just because you block one person doesn't mean they can get, you know, they don't have somebody else that can get access to the information. And so, and especially if you've got somebody who's made threats against you or anything like that, you definitely don't want to be checking in. But even more importantly, you know, something you know, a recommendation that I follow myself is uh, even people tagging you. So you've got somebody that takes a photo of you, posts it online, and then tries to tag you on it. And you may be at a party that you're at right now, and that picture may be able to identify where you're at. So, you know, tagging uh, is a feature that Facebook specifically has and some of the other social sites where somebody goes through and points out this little block on the picture and identifies it as you. And when they do that, it posts, it shows up in their news feed and sometimes on other friends of friends and things to that, to that extent. I'm sure that six degrees of separation. It's much smaller in the Facebook world. But the uh, that tagging uh, basically there. Now, there are features on uh, specifically on Facebook and some of the other social sites where you have to prove whether those things can get tagged or not. And that's a really good feature to make sure that it doesn't automatically tag you until you actually approve it. And perhaps you can wait to mm-hmm. approve it for another few days or anything like that. So. Well, here's a specific thing that comes to my mind. Um, for example, I tried to limit pictures where if I've had, you know, I always like the pictures at the beginning of the party um, because we all seem to smile nicer before we've had too many glasses of wine maybe. And that's something that could come up if, you know, if I was divorced and I saw maybe that my ex, um, you know, had visitation during that time and, you know, they got a sitter and then went out to a party and, you know, I know that my kid is with them and they're out and clearly drunk at a party and someone tags them. Uh, now there's potentially a violation of a court order, uh, you know. So that's another point as well. Well, no, absolutely. And I, you know, funny thing about Facebook is maybe I would say, you know, I was I haven't I didn't begin practicing until after the Facebook world. 
uh, and the social media world started. So to to that extent, I can just imagine, you know, I can only imagine by by theory of how hard it was before, but my information now is really easy to get about other people. Um, whenever somebody walks into my office or a client walks into my office asking about either modifying the, the decree because somebody's violating the order or getting a divorce and going forward, one of the first things I talk with clients about, one, is their social, is the social media and getting that information. And as you know, there are some ethical issues with attorneys friending people, but just by going in line and typing in the person's name and poof, or you know, they pop up automatically and clicking on it, as long as you know, as whatever's public is public, that information is definitely readily available. And you bring up the point of a picture with a drink and everything else, uh, and that may even be a violation of the order, but it also may not be a violation. But you get enough of those pictures, or you get enough of those check-ins at certain locations, you get enough of that information from the social media, and you yourself may use it against the other side, or the other, or you may use it for yourself as an attorney may use it for your own case, trying to either strengthen or hurt the other side's case on it. And when I say it's easier nowadays, it's just a matter of pulling that information, whereas in the past, you know, a lot of times it wasn't readily available. You had to have hire that private investigator to follow somebody. Now the private investigator is just the Google. So you know, it's a lot easier in that way to get that information. And I find people, right, right. I do find, go ahead, I'm sorry, Nick, go ahead. I was just going to ask about like hunting, you know, about people hunting for content. You talked about MySpace and such. Like some of those things are still out there. We might not even have our access to our accounts on some of those older uh, social media things. But if someone's hunting for dirt on someone, I mean, you could dig and dig and dig and find cache sites and all that. So you know, it's it's you're potentially quite a big you know mess, especially. Uh, you know, those passive-aggressive memes that I've seen people do? You know it when you've seen it, when someone's mad at someone and they'll share the, you know, life is full of this and the challenges, blah, blah, blah. There's some sort of saying that someone will all of a sudden put something out there and people around them who know them kind of know what that's about. So I think that can extend to a whole sorts of can of worms as well. Oh, absolutely. I've used uh, it was uh, I've had some cases where, you know, I've done search and Google caches pages. And so... Um, you know, and I've went out to things that were posted, you know, five, ten years ago on MySpace when you had the MySpace, and I've pulled that information. And, uh, you know, I, there's a weird, there's an odd, and I guess, you know, the best way I could say is a cognitive dissonance of uh, people I talk to, uh, clients and stuff like that. What I mean by that is somehow they're able to hold two polar opposite inconsistent ideals about privacy when it comes to social media. On the one hand, they're mm-hmm. telling me, uh, they're sitting there telling me, oh, well, that's, you know, Facebook is public or MySpace is public or social media is public. And, again, I, I don't, actually don't know very many people in MySpace, but I have actually pulled some stuff recently. But they're sitting there in their office going, oh, well, no, that's, you know, he put this, you know, they put this out there. This is all the information and everything else. And then on the same breath, they're like, but that's private. It's my information. And uh, I recently even had a, a case uh, in one of the local counties where, you know, the other side, they had posted some pretty negative stuff on Facebook. And, you know, that's admissible in court. And it wasn't. I admitted it in court. You know, I just printed it out. And once they said, yeah, that's my page, uh, it was authenticated and ready to get admitted into court. And so, you know, and that's the easy way. You know, from an attorney standpoint, that's the easiest way is if I print it out and they, if it's just accepted. But I don't even have to go through that. I can just subpoena Facebook for that information and get that from them directly. I mean, there's lots of ways to get that information and what have you, but the point of that being is that as much as you may think that it's private, by definition, 
It's not. It's left your mouth, and it's went out to the world. Exactly. If, if, if that happens, we can get it. You know, as an attorney and family law proceedings, you know, quite frankly, the social media has just been a treasure trove of information. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you a couple of uh, examples, of course, leaving people's names out, but I'm um, giving some people ideas of what that might look like. So I know everyone's thinking, hmm, what does he mean? So uh, but after we come back from our message, and I'll, I'll just leave everyone with uh, the suggestion that uh, you know, this, none of this is new. The you know smearing someone else's name uh, has been going on forever, the beginning of, since the beginning of time. And I think about prior to uh, social media, we had. I remember the story about the woman. I don't know where she was, but she had spray painted a, a nasty message on her garage door about her neighbor, and the entire neighborhood found out about it. And she made the press and made the paper, and you know she got a lot of traction on that. And uh, the same way that, you know, today, if you do things the right way on social media and you know what you're doing, you can certainly create a whole bunch of noise, as we've seen recently with a lot of things that have been in the, you know, in the public eye on social media. But anyhow, this is the halfway point in our show on Law Talk Radio where our sponsors, and today uh, we are the sponsor. Of course, uh, folks who want to buy the, the sponsor time are certainly welcome to get in touch with me directly. Um, but I'll just tell you quickly that Nick Augustine PR is a creative content marketing agency offering affordable monthly marketing and publicity plans to individual and small business clients. Nick Augustine PR monthly plans focus on writing and managing social media, blogs, newsletters, and podcasts. In addition, Nick Augustine PR offers traditional copywriting and public relations services. So if you have something that's hot and you want to be on the news, be in touch with us. A few of the benefits of our monthly plans are, number one, our content is custom written for our clients and we avoid promoting competitors. Two, clients email us article ideas and we add them to our publication calendars along with the articles that we propose for publication. So this keeps everybody engaged while spotting and sharing news stories about our clients and their companies and services. Finally, all consumer public, ex the consumer public rather, um, does expect professionals and businesses to maintain a reasonable presence online. They, they look for it. We maintain it for you. In this day and age, uh, anyone who is in business has a website also really needs to have social media pages because people out there, again, there's a consumer psychology expectation. That's what people know how to navigate those pages. They want to find them. And again, there's such a cornerstone of our communication and everything about us and our companies. So, uh, get in touch, and I can tell you about more uh, and what else we can do here at Nick Augustine PR to help keep your marketing machine moving so you can focus on your work. So back to our program with Attorney James Esch here in Dallas, Texas, and we are talking about divorce, family law, and the holidays, trying to avoid some pitfalls. Uh, a couple of the highlights for the first couple of segments, we talked about you know, watching us, locations and check-ins, people who are blocked, you know, really anything that you say can and will be used against you in a court of public opinion uh, and socially, certainly, during the holiday season. But um, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, uh, James, about like when people say things on social media, even if they briefly blurt it out and then delete it, it can haunt you afterwards. So can you give us a couple examples of what that might look like if someone called you and they say, you know, hey, James, I think that you know, my ex might have violated this standing order here by, you know, talking a whole bunch of trash about me over the holidays. And I think my kids saw it because he was at the cousin's house and said, oh, look at this. They didn't even know they were getting divorced. So what might that look like uh, in court? Yikes. 
Well, you know, to, I guess to begin with, the very first thing uh, when you said, uh, you know, somebody posts something and delete it off, I think, you know, I can tell you one thing 100% sure is, and that is it's never deleted. As much as you may think it's been deleted, it's not been deleted. In fact, I just was reading an article uh, that even that they were suggesting that, you know, Facebook was actually tracking what you start typing before you even post it and watching, you know, when you're deleting, when you're even just backspacing and deleting those words and using that data collection as for, for their own good. But so from an initial standpoint, uh, and as much as people want, um, many times as I say this still, are still people that don't believe this, and that is if you type it, it's there, it's not gone anywhere. It's still out there. And with enough investigation, if it's an important enough statement or an important enough post, it may be worth my client's time to go dig it out and find it. And so from a very initial standpoint, if you delete it, it's not gone, and it can be found. Now, the fact that you did delete it is very indicative of, in of itself. That tells me, it tells me a lot, and it can be definitely used against you there. But, you know, when you were asking how does that look in court, basically, you know, you make, you make a statement or you make a derogatory statement about somebody, and you fast forward, whether it be six months, three months, a year from now, and we're sitting in court and you're on the stand. And we have this uh, statement that you made. I'm just going to, you know, we're, you know, my cross-examination, you're going to become a star witness. And even more so, your Facebook may become the star, you know, the star evidence pointing out, you know, how terrible of a person that you are. Why? Because you made, you know, you made these mean comments about this person or about your ex or the mother or, or the mother of your child. And, you know, why should you have custody of the kids if you are this violent person that's prone to outbursts? Now, that's going to be the story that, I, that my client maybe want me to go through and explain, and I'm going to let social media help me explain it. And, you know, making those passive-aggressive comments and everything else may not be really how you are, but definitely the, the attorney that's cross-examining you or whoever's looking at you uh, while you're on the stand is going to try to paint you that way, and it can be painted just off of a brief couple of um, uh, posts. I've done it in court mm -hmm. uh, with some witnesses and stuff like that. And, you know, it's definitely not pleasant for the witness. And it's, uh, you know, quite frankly, the clients, my clients definitely sometimes want that stuff brought out. But I assure you, if they saw it and they want to use it against you, then that's there. And if that statement, for example, the perfect, uh, uh, the one thing I'm thinking, uh, you know, there's a stand, um, a lot of times there are standing orders that no alcohol within so many hours of possession of visitation. Or in temporary orders, sometimes I'm not even sure if it's in the standing order, but a lot of times there'll be temporary orders issued restraining a party from consuming alcohol during visitation or eight hours prior. And you get a picture online. Somebody takes a picture of you, they tag you, and it shows you have a uh, you have a beer can or you have an alcoholic beverage with you in your hand. Well, when I go file a motion to enforce for violating the court's order, I mean you're going to be using that picture against you for that reason. Even if you don't have, even if I'm not a, a, I'm not friended on Facebook, but the friend of your friend got it to me, then I'm going to be using against it. And it's going to be shown by the, it's going to be a piece of evidence shown to the judge that you're not, you're not complying with the orders. And at the end of the day, if you're not complying with the orders, you know, the judges um, are sitting there thinking, why should I go through, if you're not going to follow what I'm saying now, on these minor issues, right. then what am I going to, why am I going to go through and let you have full custody or 
why should I let you do the following, depending on what the issues are before them? And a very good point that you brought up as well, James, is that people will say, well, you know, that's not who I am. That's just as a, this is a, you know, limited set of data. You know, this is a very, this is an anomaly situation here. And I, I will say that, you know, it was years that I worked in family law, and really you do see good people often at their worst, people who are beaten down, people who are freaked out, people who are, their fuses are short, let's be honest. And someone might lash out under, you know, if you're going through trauma, someone might say something that's not, you know, normally themselves. So, but having said that, I, I think, and I wonder what your opinion on this is, if, you know, that things have changed over the years where when, uh, when the social media first came out, a lot of people said, well, you couldn't possibly, you know, the topic of serving someone online uh, with papers, you know, I think it happened in Australia and it caused a big stir. Uh, you know, and someone said, well, how do you know it's even me on the other end, you know, and how do you know that what I say, uh, you know, what I represent on Facebook is truly me and my statements because, you know, at first a lot of people were put, you know, bogus, phony stuff on there that just to be funny, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I think that as time has evolved, I think more people's social media accounts really have conformed to a, a pretty accurate depiction of who the person is. Um, have you seen that sort of that shift where, you know, when we're talking about showing something to a judge, I'm sorry if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, quack, quack. <laughs> yeah, you know, the law, uh, you bring up a point that, you know, the law is still way behind. I mean, the, the rules on the criminal side of a lot of this stuff, you know, the Fourth Amendment hasn't been changed, at least not by, you know, at least not, you know, the amendment itself is still the same for over 200 plus years. And so the judges are still crafting uh, decisions in the new media world based on, you know, laws that are, you know, decades, if not uh, centuries old. So to that extent, you know, that stuff's not, hasn't, uh, the law is definitely slow to catch up on that. But where you get to, you know, some of the questions that you're asking of how do you know it's me and how do you know that, you know, the courts have, have definitely caught up with that on their own. And, you know, sometimes it's just common sense stuff. You know, if, you know, you, if I go through and show, if I, if, you know, if we're talking about in court and I show you a, a, a 30 page printout of your Facebook page and I ask you if it's yours and it's got your picture on it and you've got posts and everything else and you're replying back to other people's posts, it's you. And you can get up and say it's not all, it's not you all day long. But clearly, you're the one that's going through and uh, responding, providing personal, intimate information online that only you would know. And so sometimes that's where it comes down to. You know, I think we're a long ways away in today's, um, right now under the law, uh, for service by email. But I don't necessarily think it's too far off as far as being a possibility in the future. Uh, I think it's a little mm -hmm. ways down. But with regards to whether or not, you know, you know, this gets a little bit more into the, the technical legalese, but courts are fashioning rules, for example, um, uh, basically where it's self-authenticating. In other words, it is what, uh, for example, you know, there's an old mailbox rule. I was at a, at a conference, and they were talking about how courts are um, d dealing with the new medium digital age with these old, uh, basically with laws that haven't updated with electronics. And one of the things they brought up is, you know, there's a, a rule of admissibility for evidence that if I send you a letter and then you uh, send it back to me and I reply back to that, uh, to that letter that you just sent to me, that letter, that reply is self-authenticated. 
and I may be I may be a little bit using the wrong words, but it will be admissible. And excuse me if I'm using self-authentication wrong there, but it'll be admissible as that you are the one that replied back to her because I sent it to you. It's your your address, and you wrote back with that letter. Courts are applying right. the same rule today with emails. And courts are right. and so I the, do not see like rest it's a loquitur, right? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Speaks for itself. Another yeah. one, you know. Sort of. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, basically what, where I'm getting at is that the laws are still, even though that they're old or said the laws are, are not, haven't caught up, the courts and judges are still of fashion rules based on those to allow that stuff to be admissible in court. And so where I guess I'm going the full circle here uh, when we're talking about it, and, um, and that is if you put it out there, I can get it admitted in court one way or another. And then that's really uh-huh. the, the prime thinking from the social media side is do you – this information that you're putting out there, do you want to, it to be used against you? And what's more is what's important today, what you may not think is very important today, may be very important whenever I'm looking at your case a year from now because maybe it's that photo that shows you that you were actually at Tahoe that weekend uh, and then every year before that <laughs> you've been at Tahoe. And, you know, and right. so now I'm looking at it it's like you're never around to see the kids on Christmas. It's not. Well, it's, it's another not one of, of, of if you open the door, if you're the one opening the door, remember, someone can see back in to where you're coming from. So once you put someone else's page on blast and notice, guess what? You are probably likely going to go and um, you might have a, your own little, uh, you know, deleting party on your own there. Um, but again, it doesn't mean it's gone in, Ethical issues will pop up there. We're going to have another show on all these with attorneys. But, James, I want to thank you for your time today. We're almost out of time. Tell folks how they can get in touch with you if they'd like to find out more information or continue the dialogue. Yeah, you can email me directly at james.esh at elflegal.com. That's uh, E-L-F legal, L-E-G-A-L.com. Or you can obviously call my office at 214-814-5374. All right. Excellent information. We're out of time. James, you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays and stress to all of our listeners out there. And we'll, uh, we'll see you probably next year. That sounds great. Appreciate it, Nick. And thank you. All, all right. Bye now. Christmas. Right, bye-bye. Yep. Bye.